eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata, joined by Aaron Sutton and Josh Houts. And we are coming to you with a very special episode of Finsider Radio because some news broke the other day, and that is that Adam Gase is the new head coach of the New York Jets, and we're here to break it all down for you. More importantly, not because he got a head coach position, but because he is staying in the AFC East. And we know, based on coach history and so forth, at minimum, we're going to see Adam Gase in the AFC East twice a year for the next three years, and then obviously in the back of all of our heads and back of all the Dolphins' heads, if he sometime, somehow finds success with the New York Jets with quarterback Sam Darnold and the other young players on that team, such as Roby Anderson and Jamal Adams. Adam Gase in Miami compiled a 23-25 and 25 total record. Many thought that he'd be highly coveted after he was fired in Miami, Sort of the case, did interview with the Packers, did interview with the Cardinals, did interview with the Jets, but he was obviously none of their first choice. He was actually mentioned in a group of nine by the Packers management team that none of them had impressed. The Cardinals obviously went in a different direction with Cliff Kingsbury, and the Jets wanted Matt Rule from Baylor. But after they started trying to interject on his coaching staff, he defected back to college. Don't know what happened to Mike McCarthy, but then Adam Gase was the backup option there. Adam Gase in his time in Miami, a total point differential of minus 243. What a reputation one has that allows his steam and his train to keep moving forward in a positive direction and also because of the agent that he has, Jimmy Sexton, 
of CAA. And ironically enough, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, also represented by the same agency that Adam Gase is. Houtson Sutton, I'm going to bring you in here. Your first general thoughts, when you saw the news that Adam Gase was named the head coach, your thoughts, I know my thoughts was like, oh my God, this is happening. Now what? I was perplexed. I mean, just because, okay, so we had Rex Ryan go directly from the Jets to the Bills. And now we have Adam Gase going directly from the Dolphins to the Jets. Can you guys remember any other head coaching situations where a head coach has went in the division, like immediately successing a a previous stint? Like uh, Todd Bowles had the interim gig, but had a couple stops before he went to the Jets. So it wasn't a direct transition there. Can you guys think of anybody else who's went directly to a a rival team? I don't. I cannot. Yeah, I got nothing, man. I, I just think that's this is such an such a peculiar situation, and Dolphins fans rightfully were like, "Okay, this is this is a really bizarre situation. This is probably not going to work out in our favor." Because let's admit that most of us have some form of Stockholm syndrome where we're just psychologically trying to survive with our abuser. So what's up is down and what's left is right. We start off one and four and make the playoffs. Then we start off three and oh, and don't make the playoffs. Our opening scripts suck. And then we end up being really good in the second half. And then our opening scripts are great. And then we can't do anything after that. So we have every right to be kind of jaded and cynical at this point. But I think as we go through the show, when we look at it objectively, I think we're not going to have that much concern. And one thing that's worth noting, I mean, many people will credit Adam Gase's success as an offensive coordinator, as that quarterback, you know, whisperer, as some might call him, because of what he did with Peyton Manning. And I mean, Peyton Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the best to ever play the game. So for Peyton Manning to take anything from Adam Gase, I mean, let's be honest, there's more Peyton Manning than it was Adam Gase. So Adam Gase's entire coaching career from there on was kind of based around what he did there with Peyton Manning. That's why the Dolphins hired him because they thought, you know what, this guy had success. He's a young offensive mastermind. You know, he's going to come in here and turn his offense around. He didn't do that. So, I mean, we're sitting here. We all kind of thought when we were discussing whether or not we should get rid of Gase, we all pretty much unanimously said at some point he's going to be a successful head coach. I just don't know if, you know, going within the division, getting a job this quick, if it's going to be what it takes to get him to the next level because it already looks like he hasn't learned his lesson. I mean, Dow Loggins, we're going to touch on him. He's on his way there. He's going after Vance Joseph. He's staying within his core group of friends, which is ultimately what did him out in Miami. So uh, I'm not sure how to feel about this, but like Sutton said, as a Dolphins fan, you know one way or the other is going to come back to bite us in the ass. I saw a funny tweet that said, uh, yeah, Peyton Manning recommends Adam Gase, but Peyton Manning also recommended Papa John's Pizza. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys are right um, because they say the best second-time coaches, right, are the ones who take a year or two off or the ones who go back to being an offensive coordinator or a position coach and kind of have that opportunity to reflect on what they did wrong, right? When you get hired, I mean, look at any profession that you're in, never mind being an NFL head coach, which is a worse example or a more extreme example in terms of amplifying what human nature does, how it's... Sutton, if you got fired from your job tomorrow, God forbid, right? If you got fired from your job tomorrow, you're obviously going to be like, well, what happened? Why? I'm, I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing. 
they're making a mistake firing me. And then all of a sudden, within hours after you get fired, you have other companies and other organizations and other businesses calling you, asking you to set up interviews. And now you're thinking because of human nature, because of the way the human brain thinks, now you're thinking, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm right. They're wrong. What I'm doing is working because obviously others are interested in me. You get those phone calls. You go out for interviews. Okay. You don't get one job. Okay. You don't get another job. You see who they hire. Yes. The Cardinals hire Cliff Kingsbury, the apple of their eye the whole time. The Packers hire Matt LaFleur. Okay. Didn't get that job. Okay. Not a fit. Fine. Whatever. You go to the Jets. Okay. Matt rule. Okay. I'm not the first choice, but I am the second choice just over a week of me not having a job. I'm back in the saddle. Obviously what I was doing was working. If I have a job this quickly already. So for Adam Gason, you're right. He's bringing Dowell Loggins with him. He's probably going to bring some other coaches with him. I'm guessing Jeremiah Washburn, the offensive line coach might be one of them. Sean Jefferson, I'm sure will be another one. Vance Joseph. He likes to bring back, although he's a candidate for defensive coordinator positions elsewhere. And it's just, I don't think he's going to have that opportunity to sit back and reflect on what wrong we saw even dating back to his time in Chicago as the offensive coordinator there. He refused to take blame for his offense's mishaps. And here in Miami, as the offense got progressively worse, it was always this excuse, that excuse, this excuse, that excuse. It was never, what can I do better as a head coach, as the de facto offensive coordinator of this team? What can I do better to get this team going in the right direction? And now him going to the New York Jets, is there any doubt in my mind that Sam Darnold is going to be a good quarterback? There is no doubt in my mind. There is no doubt that Adam Gase, in his time in the NFL, has made quarterbacks, everyone he has coached, play better. So Sam Darnold will be a good quarterback. He will be a hell of a quarterback because he already has a skill set. But Adam Gase is the head coach with the New York Jets. I do not see him succeeding. Just wait until they go on their losing streak and the New York media starts to eat him up and he tries to give the same answers he gave to the Miami media. They will bury him alive up there at Florham Park, New Jersey. You know, I you touched on something. The whole, you know, he, he maybe didn't have the time to reflect. I could see it both ways. I, I really could see a scenario where both things are true, where he is confident, but he also kind of went through a humbling experience in the sense like, well, I better not do that again because – I don't think he can assume that he's always going to have a market to be a head coach in the national football league. So you see maybe one or two opportunities. And if you don't prove yourself and those one or two opportunities, then you may never get a shot again. So I would hope uh, for his sake that in the back of his mind that he knows that he better capitalize on something, but here's the thing. And you alluded to it, Matthew, the nepotism and that, was what some of the argument was for where he failed here in Miami. And he seems to be recreating that a little bit in New York already, bringing Dow Loggins with him. We'll get into him later in the show, I think. But uh, also saw the rumor that Vance Joseph might be likely becoming the defensive coordinator there. And we've seen all those pieces before work together and just not a unit that I'm I'm that worried about objectively. You both make great points. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure if Adam Gase took a year off, if he would sit there and realize his missteps, what he did wrong. It's clear that he has continued to hold himself what seems to be above everyone else and kind of, you know, 
he's arrogant and you need that in the NFL, but he's arrogant to a fault. And that's what ultimately drove him out of Miami. I'm not quite sure he's learned from his mistakes, but I do think one thing, and it is a scary thought, but we all remember when we were playing uh, the Broncos, I think it was two years ago and the Dolphins were up and they, Adam Gase went for the jugular. I think they were up like two or three scores and they went for an onside kick late in the fourth quarter to pretty much, you know, put the game away. He said it wasn't directly towards Elway, but we all know it was. So he's going to have that chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to go out there. And every time he plays the Dolphins, he's going to want to embarrass them. So, I mean, for as, you know, disappointing as he was here in Miami, that's a scary thought to see a pissed off Adam Gase twice a season. You know, we already have a rivalry with the Jets. I think he's going to a team that has a very good defense. They're pretty much already set up. On that side of the football, he just needs to get things together on offense. They got a lot of cap space. You know, Le'Veon Bell's been rumored there. I mean, so so what happens if they go out there and, you know, they get a Le'Veon Bell? They improve that offensive line. They get some weapons on the outside. I mean, that offense is going to be just as scary as that defense. And a pissed-off Adam Gase, uh, that's a scary thought for the Dolphins twice a year. There is no doubt in my mind that we will get our the best Adam Gase every time the Dolphins play the Jets. And there is no doubt in my mind that when he plays the Dolphins and when he wins, because he will, he is going to get the Gatorade shower from his players. We've seen it all over the league. And this will be no different. It sucks because you're going to get that revenge factor in there. You're going to get hyped up and he's going to coach his best game. And if that happens early in the season, you know the fans are going to start going crazy. Right about Le'Veon Bell. He's the odds-on favorite right now in many places to be on the Jets. They have a ton of cap space, and we know what Adam Gase did in Miami, went out and got a bunch of free agents. Yes, it's a very dangerous thing, but let's step off the ledge here and just go back to what caused him to fail in Miami. And Sutton, I'm going to bounce this to you now because we're going to talk more about the assistant coaches. So I just want to get your thoughts. We already talked about how he's bringing guys over there with him again who is here in Miami with them. So from what you're looking at Sutton, you know, how does this keep on all piling up to give us a sense that Adam Gaze is not going to be any different in New York than he was in Miami. Dal Loggins, he's five, six. Come on, man. How, like how important of a coach can you be <laughs> five, six? Okay. And then his last name's Loggins. Okay. The only Loggins that means anything on planet earth is Kenny Loggins the creator of the song Danger Zone from the movie Top Gun. That's the only logins that really matters. But let's get to the heart of the matter. 2010, 2011, he's the quarterback's coach. Works with Vince Young in his last year in Tennessee. One of his downward arcs where his career started to really look uh, really questionable when it started promising. Works with Matt Hasselbeck in 2011. Jake Locker in 2012. He's the offensive coordinator. 26th in yards, 23rd in points. Works with Ryan Fitzpatrick the next year. 22nd in yards, 19th in points. The dudes never commanded any offensive thing, whether it be the quarterback's coach or the offensive coordinator. He's never been above 15th in anything, just including yards and scoring. We saw maybe towards the end of his Dolphins coordinatorship, if you want to call it that, take on a little bit more of a role it seemed like and you saw some better opening scripts but the offense still wasn't you know a well-oiled machine by any stretch of the imagination so a Dow Loggins inspired offense 
isn't something that uh, is going to keep me awake tonight. And then if you have Vance Joseph coming in here, we saw him in 2016 was his first time as a defensive coordinator, 18th in points, 29th in yards, and then ends up getting the head coaching gig at Denver two years. He's gone. 22nd in points in 2017, third in yards. So that was by far the best statistical performance was Vance Joseph in 2017. His team was third in yards, but it was 22nd in points. So I just don't see anything on the resume that suggests that this coaching staff is going to come together, work together, and come up with like, forward-thinking, outside-the-box schemes that are going to reinvent the NFL. I just don't see it. We've seen Adam Gase's offense, and it's a lot of it's a lot of short stuff, quick stuff, screens, West Coast principles, not pushing the ball down the field. That's why we had so many short yak guys this year. We'll see if that scheme translates, but I think from an information standpoint, I think it's better for the Dolphins to know what we know about Gase than Gase knowing what he knows about the Dolphins because our whole roster is going to change. and We're going to have a whole new coaching staff that's going to have completely different principles. So I think from the information standpoint, I think that benefits the Dolphins. One of the things that Adam Gase had controlling with Miami was the player personnel. And reports came out from Armando Salguero and others that he would joke that he had full control over the Dolphins and he could do whatever he wanted with them, including blowing up the entire team if he so choose to do so. Now, some would argue that he did blow up the entire team and didn't do it in an effective way. Up in New York, we don't know the final details of the contract yet, but it is assumed that he will not get control like he did in Miami as they have a general manager in place. But he will have his influence, and we all know with new head coaches, like we mentioned on our last show, they always get their shiny new toys. So, Houts, what do you think it, it, with Adam Gase in New York? You have a GM who has barely survived Todd Bowles, has a new chance at life. Do you think he's going to give in to Adam Gase in terms of player selection? Or do you think Adam Gase is going to sit back and coach? Because if he does, we could see a different kind of Adam Gase. I think if I were the Jets, and I think it's kind of where they're leaning, is he probably does not have full control over that roster. You won't expect it, even the 53-man, I mean – he had his chance in Miami. Some of those moves he made were questionable. Dolphins are going to feel the aftermath of that these next couple years. But I just think that Adam Gase is a good coach, and that's what he needs to do is go out there and coach. He needs to focus more on the defense. He needs to not be sitting on the sideline, you know, drawing up plays that don't work. I know you mentioned a lot of that short intermediate passing game. You just don't wonder how much of it was changed to, you know, implement with what Miami had to work with because you know the injuries went down different guys were in and out in the lineup you don't wonder how much of that Adam Gase had to adjust to to work with what he had but ultimately I do not think that guy should have control over the 53-man roster or even the personnel because I mean that was his biggest fault here he, he made mistakes Kenyon Drake only played because Damian Williams was out Kenyon Drake didn't play much this year I, I mean not as much as a lot of people would have liked so I mean there's different things where you just hope Adam Gase for his own sake, learn from it. But as a Dolphins fan, you hope he crashes and burns. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's going to be interesting to see how he handles the media. I know that's something we're going to talk about, but he couldn't handle South Florida media, so how is he going to do up there in New York? It's it's just an odd situation. And if Adam Gase wants to have success, he needs to do more coaching than you know 
trying to be a Chip Kelly type and get rid of the the culture, change the culture, do what you do, coach, and hopefully bad things will come. But in this case, I, I think good things may happen. You mentioned the media, and we kind of touched on that in part of the show at the top of the show. So, and we saw what Adam Gase did here with Miami's media, kind of threw them around, kind of talked down to them, was smarter than everyone else in the room. That's not going to fly in New York. Do you see him holding up against the New York media? Ugh, man, that's a really tough call. <clears throat> Rex Ryan, I mean, he, when he he showed a lot more bravado with the Jets, and then when he went to the Bills, he was a little bit more subdued. So I don't know if we'll see a little bit more of a, a tighter-lipped, a, um, a, a shorter Adam Gase, perhaps. Because when he started off with the Dolphins, he, it seemed like he was pretty transparent and pretty likable in press conferences, to be honest with you. And then once the losing started and aggravation and frustration set in, you saw some bitter exchanges, you know, with Mondo in the front row about process versus results and, and all that hoopla. And you know that if the Jets reporters, if they get even one sniff of some weakness, they're going to sink their fangs into it. So for Adam Gase's sake, he's going to have to um, be pretty stoic in these things and not give those reporters anything to work with, because if he does, it could be some great theater. I agree with you. I do think maybe Adam Gase will learn to kind of snip it in the butt a bit. And you're right. When he did start going off on these tangents, that's when he did get in trouble with what he said, because he, he would get upset. He would get flustered. He would get frustrated. And then would all go down the hill from there. Now, let's just touch on the Dolphins coaching search real quick because this is going to be part of it. And then we'll wrap up the show. Dolphins, so far, the finalists appear to be Brian Flores from the New England Patriots and Chris Richard from the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be offense versus defense unless something crazy happens in the next few days and the Dolphins come out with a different candidate. I'm very confident in Chris Richard. He is my number one choice, but I've also been reading up on Brian Flores a bunch and he doesn't seem that bad either. He seems like a great candidate, a great skill set. He knows football. Do I know if he's going to succeed? No. Do I know if Chris Richard's going to succeed? No, but I do think based on what I've seen and what I've read and what I've heard from others around the league that Chris Richard has a better chance of succeeding. I may be way off. I probably am way off. Who knows? No one knows. But that said, it's going to be a battle of one versus the other. And who's going to come out on top? And I've said for plenty of weeks on this show, it is easier to stop and slow down an elite offense than it is to penetrate an elite defense. And if Chris Richard comes into the Dolphins and gets his hands on this secondary, tools up the defensive line, tweaks the linebacker core, this defense can be dangerous this coming season. Houts Sutton, your thoughts? Well, go ahead, Houts. For me, I mean, it's it's two candidates that a lot of people don't know much about, and we see the videos going around on the internet with Chris Richard, what he's done. You know, he's mic'd up at practice, chewing people out on the sideline because the call wasn't right, you know. You love to see that type of emotion, but who's to say Brian Flores can't do that? I mean, we talked on the last show, Brian Flores, you know, started out as a scout, offensive assistant, defensive assistant, special teams. 
linebackers coach, safety coach, defective defense where he's done it all there for 14 years and one of the best franchises in sports history. But for me, it comes down to a guy who's going to go out there and show emotion, a guy who can build a staff and who's had success in the NFL as far as from a coaching standpoint, you know, calling the plays, being a leader among men. And I feel like what Chris Richard did there with the defensive backs in Seattle, what he did there as defense coordinator, I think they were top five, two of the three seasons, what he's done with Dallas's defense. You hear the players coming out every day, crediting Rod Marinelli came out and said that, you know, uh, he would do whatever it takes to get that guy to stay in Dallas. So he's highly respected. He's, he's turned defenses around. And for me, I'm intrigued to see, you know, a Darren Bevel or Scott Linehan coming here as his offense coordinator. And you have a guy like Kyler Murray, his Russell Wilson. He see, saw him develop up there in Seattle. It would just be awesome to see Chris Richard as a Dolphins head coach, bring in a Kyler Murray, watch this thing get turned around. One thing to note, February 2nd, 2014, the Seahawks, who Chris Richard at the time was the defensive backs coach, was with the Seattle Seahawks when they annihilated Adam Gase and the Denver Broncos. The score was, I believe, 43-7. to They annihilated the Denver Broncos and Adam Gase, 43-8. to That was at MetLife Stadium. For those that know, that is where the New York Jets play their home games. So how awesome would it be to have Chris Richard versus Adam Gase, MetLife Stadium, once every year, and Chris Richard just goes out there and does what Seattle did. He just puts a beating down on Adam Gase. That is who I hope is the Dolphins' next head coach, but – at the end of the day, these are two guys who are highly coveted by their teams. You just got to trust the process and hope that the Dolphins do the right thing. For me, that's Chris Richard. And one interesting thing that I've kind of learned along the way that made a ton of sense and how it's you're the first to bring it to my attention, and that's that it's not necessarily – so, yes, it's Flores versus Richard right now. And, you know, Darren Rizzi obviously has his interview coming up and best of luck to him. But when they're talking about these candidates in the media, there's a reason that both candidates come out as the number one candidate. And it seems like, well, one journalist has it wrong. Well, yeah, obviously one journalist has it wrong. But the reason that the team does that is to not create the totem pole just in case they don't get their number one option. So it doesn't seem like they're hiring their third option. And that comes back to bite you in the sense where Dennis Hickey was kind of known to be, you know, the third or fourth option. And wouldn't you know it, he only lasted one year in Miami. So that's the reason they do those types of things. It's to try to kind of save face if, if it doesn't go out ideally with, uh, with the pursuit of a head coach. So I personally would like to see Chris Richard be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, but my gut is telling me that Brian Flores is going to be. And when you look at Brian Flores, um, I mentioned on Twitter on Thursday evening that the more I dug on him and the more I read on him, the more I became impressed. Now, does that mean just because I'm impressed, is he going to be a great head coach? Not at all. You can have the best resume out there and all of the experience. You could have a doctorate degree. You could have everything in the book. But if you cannot connect with the players in the locker room, if you cannot command the room in the NFL, if you cannot learn how to speak to the media in the right way, you will get eaten alive. So that's what I'm concerned about. You know, when you watch videos, you can see if people can connect with others. Now, we see the reviews of Brian Flores and the players say they love him and the players say he does connect. 
but it gives me pause the same way Adam Gase gave me pause during his introductory press conference, the same way Joel Philbin gave me pause during his press conferences, and that's just an inability to connect with others while they're speaking in front of them. And me, as someone who does public relations and communications for a very large school district and someone who deals with the media on an almost daily basis, if you cannot have the confidence to talk to them and to know what you're saying and to understand it, you will not survive. You will not last. And people will end up seeing right through you. So that sign, that tail, that, that little thing that I see when I watch Brian Flores speak on camera to people, I don't get the feeling that he is fully confident in front of the cameras and as the head coach, the entire spotlight's on you. I hope I'm wrong if they do pick him to be the head coach, but I just get that uneasy feeling where I have no question about Chris Richard. He is absolutely 100% confident in front of the camera and will command that room if he's the head coach of the Miami Dolphins or any other team for that matter. Any last thoughts, Houghton Sutton? Go Chargers. Go Rams. <laughs> we hope. We hope, right? I mean, ideally, the Chargers would win. The Rams would win. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is in this at all. So if, if those two teams lose, Dolphins have it wide open. They can make an announcement the next day, the day after, and we can move on and start assembling the staff and start looking towards free agency in the draft. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of Finsider Radio. Adam Gase to the New York Jets. He's going to be sticking around the AFC East for at least several more years. Hopefully that's all, but we'll see how that plays out. For Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami
I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. And we're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.